0: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about the delicious, smooth Strava craft coffee. Not only is Strava craft coffee delicious coffee, but it has that CBD infusement, which helps with aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on in your body. The CBD helps relieve that. And the awesome thing about CBD is it helps relieve the coffee jitters. So you get the delicious Strava craft coffee and you get the coffee jitters ease. It's a perfect two in one punch. And if you use that magical code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off your entire purchase at Strava Craft Coffee online. And if you've already used that magical code DNVR20, make sure to subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and you'll save 20% on every single order that you do. And you can have the option of getting your coffee delivered every two, three, four, six, or 8 weeks. You don't have to mess around in order. It will just Come to your door. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee and check them out at the DNVR bar where we have some delicious Strava Craft cold brew on tap. So many ways to enjoy Strava Craft coffee and so many ways to enjoy it at 20% off. So make sure to use that magical code DNVR20 or subscribe. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. I'll be right back.
1: From this country. Sitting in the south stands, drinking the courage from my For The best part of the weekend, hugging a perfect stranger, they become a friend. And having a good time when the orange blue win. Tune in every ooh, day ooh, with ooh, the good ooh,
0: folks at are. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Thursday. Football is here, Mace. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and and living your life. And we have a couple of people at DNVR taking some classes at MSU Denver, and they say exactly that, that they catered the classes around your life. You don't have to change your life in order to take classes at MSU Denver. And they teach you real world information. They don't just teach you out of a book. Their professors are working in the fields that they teach, so they teach you what you need to know. Isn't that why you go to school is to to learn what you need to know after, and that's what MSU Denver Online attacks. So make sure to check them out at msudenver.edu online to see all they have to offer, including over 40 online and hybrid programs and 750 classes. So check them out, msudenver.edu online. My boy, Mace, what's up? We got football today. The NFL is back, baby.
1: Yeah, it's weird, though. Without preseason, Zach, my rhythm is completely off. It's (laughs) great that there's going to be a game that counts tonight. I'm not ready for it. And based on what we hear from Vic Fangio and other coaches around the league, I'm not sure how ready any of the teams are going to be for the games to actually count this weekend without OTAs, with a truncated training camp, without preseason. But like it or not, it's here.
0: (laughs) It is here. And Mace, we're going to dive into tonight's game uh, at the end of this first segment. But first, someone that was almost here. Clay Matthews. Interesting statement coming out from Clay Matthews' agent He said, We recently had communication with the Broncos as we have with other teams during this offseason. We were under the impression that the communication would remain private, but since it did not, let me be clear. We were unable to come to an agreement with Denver, but Clay remains open to playing in the NFL in 2020, provided it's the right opportunity for him and his family. So, Mace, the Broncos tried to sign Clay Matthews, and he said no.
1: Yeah, one word I would remove from what you said. Zach was almost because I don't think it was particularly close uh, to Clay Matthews becoming a Bronco. I think there was interest, but it wasn't close to happening. And, uh, you know, I think there are going to be some people in Broncos country who probably take it a little bit personally that Clay Matthews doesn't (laughs) want to be a Bronco. But you know what? This is not the 2015 Broncos. This is not a team that is close to a Super Bowl. I think it'll be a playoff team, but you're Clay Matthews. You've got a Super Bowl ring on your finger from earlier in your career with the Green Bay Packers. You will sit and wait for the perfect situation. And you know what? The other thing with Clay Matthews is this. The perfect situation might actually be a few weeks in coming for him because this is a guy who he had eight sacks last year and seven of them were clustered right there in the first six games. And then he only had one after that. So part of it is family considerations. I think that is completely legitimate for clay. Matthews only wanting the right situation, but maybe he's thinking in terms of, you know, I've got maybe a handful of really good games here. If I come back, it's going to be later on in the season down the line. So if they're, if the Broncos are doing well, if they get off to a better than expected start, Maybe you pick up the phone again and call, but right now just doesn't appear to be the right time and place.
0: Well, and Mace, that's that's why Clay Matthews probably is holding out. The Broncos' perspective, they're probably saying, look, buddy, we're, we're opening day right now of the NFL season, and you're not signed. Here's a cheap, maybe veteran minimum deal, maybe, you know, three, four million bucks, and Clay Matthews is is saying the opposite. He's saying, no, 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 I'm choosing my spot. I'm being picky. It's not that teams don't want me. So I I could totally see you being right Mace about the almost not really being true, how they could have been so far apart. And you're right. He did have a good spurt last year. Do you want that good spurt from clay Matthews weeks one to six, or would you prefer it in weeks uh, six or 10 to 16?
1: Yeah. And uh, if, and I imagine the money might be the same if he comes back halfway through the season than right now. And for somebody who's earned north of eighty four million dollars over the course of his career and by all accounts has invested it well league minimum or uh, or a little bit more than that, just to play from the start of the season. Mm. And also to play for a team that hasn't had a playoff appearance since Peyton Manning walked out that door, and unfortunately for the Broncos, this is still part of the perception they have league wide. Yeah, until that changes, that uh, they're perceived as a, as a team that uh, has lost its way a bit and hasn't had a, even a winning season since 2016, and so it's 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 not a team that is in a position to get Evan Ma- Evan Mathis or that type of player late in the preseason as they did in 2015 but it's incumbent upon this year's Broncos to change that.
0: Yep, you're 100% right, Mason. Speaking of this year's Broncos, Monday night is quickly quickly approaching, Mason. We've talked to some players and coaches this week about the game, and I want to talk to you. We got to start breaking this game down, May. So, the simple question to you is, how do the Broncos win on Monday night and start 1 and 0?
1: Okay. Well, The first thing you do is you have to take away the primary gear that drives the Titans and it's Derrick Henry. And you know what? The Broncos did a really good job of that last year in week six. But as Vic Fangio pointed out earlier this week and noted, they're a different team with Ryan Tannehill at the helm than they are, or than they were, pardon me with Marcus Mariota. And of course that change happened in the second half in Denver. You could argue that what happened that day for the Titans was the key moment in their season in allowing them to blossom into a team that was good enough to play in the AFC championship game and good enough to give the chiefs a battle for quite a while in that game. So yeah,
0: the Broncos beating yeah. the Titans last year was the best thing that the Titans could right. have had last year. And especially the beatdown that they mm-hmm. handed them.
1: Yeah. And the funny thing was, remember when the Titans came into that game, Marcus Mariota, had had a good passer rating and not much else going on. But that was the justification for keeping him in the lineup. And then that day he was just, he was just dreadful. So (laughs) it was an easy call to make. And you can even look at that game and Tannehill and, and the Broncos picked off Tannehill, of course, down the stretch of that game. That is true. But if Tannehill comes in earlier in that game, Zach, the outcome might have been different because they were moving the ball much, much better with Tannehill at the controls. The Broncos were playing back a little bit, but the offense had more verve, more confidence, uh, more of everything that you need with Tannehill in there. And then that bore itself out. And And Tannehill's style ended up being a perfect compliment for Derrick Henry, A, because he was able to basically be another runner because he has that mobility, and B, because he was very good on the deep ball and very good in particular throwing to AJ Brown and Brown emerging as a viable deep threat. A guy who was in the neighborhood of 20 yards, a catch last year as a rookie and then continued to make plays in the playoffs. That's what's different because now it's not pick your poison. They don't have an array of targets that can beat you, but you have the vertical passing game that historically has been such a good complement to a power running game with Derrick Henry. So now the the, the linebackers and safeties have, a, have more to think about when they go up against the Titans, and that's what's really different and why I don't think you can simply expect the same kind of game that you saw last October at Mile High. That's exactly what Broncos fans
0: need to wipe out of their memory yes. entirely. This <laughs> this is a completely different team. And, I mean, it starts with the quarterback. You, right. you didn't have Ryan Tannehill start that game last year. And then once Ryan Tannehill got in, in the groove, Mace, the, the Titans' offense was nearly unstoppable because they were doing everything right. Uh, and now, of course, when you go up against the Chiefs, you got to be pretty much more than unstoppable. You, yeah. you have to be uh, just incredible, and they weren't able to do that. But Mace, in Week 10 on from last year, when Ryan Tannehill, it was really his offense. Every time Derrick Henry rushed for over 100 yards, the Titans were 7-0. and the two games that Derrick Henry didn't get 100 yards, mm-hmm. they lost, including nice. that AFC championship game. And that's what they relied on. was It, it starts, ends, everything in the middle is yep. with Derrick Henry. If you stop Derrick Henry, well, then Ryan Tannehill isn't going to be able to just unleash the deep ball in good situations. He's not uh, going to not have pressure around him. Uh, one of the things that Ryan Tannehill did so well last year was he didn't make mistakes. Well, because he wasn't under pressure because the running game was going. So when he dropped back, the defense wasn't ready for it. You had open receivers, and he was making good decisions. So you need to stop Derek Henry first and foremost. And it stinks not having Von Miller out there because Von Miller's a very underrated uh, uh, run block or or, or run stuffer. And same with Bradley Chubb. Now, while he is expected to be out there, if he's not 100%, he's also A very good run stuffer. So you need to bring the safeties up. If you get beat, if Ryan Tannehill beats you in this game, Mace, okay. Okay. Congratulations to Ryan Tannehill. Don't get beat by Derrick Henry.
1: Yeah. And that's a great point because if you look at the, the Titans' record last year, when after Tannehill came in, when they had under 200 passing yards and this accounts for sacks as well this is just the the team passing yardage total do you know what their record was when they had fewer than 200 passing yards with ryan Tannehill starting hit me with it
0: five and oh oh my gosh that is the total (laughs)
1: opposite of the nfl in 2019 so but but in those games he was just effective enough even though sometimes it was highly limited like in that Patriot playoff game in the wild card round when he only threw the ball 15 times Incredible. and completed eight of them. Uh, Mace, and, do you, have the, do you yeah. have the passer ratings for those games? I actually, I actually do because I have Ryan Tannehill's uh, stat column right here. Would you like to hear the, in, in those games where he had low yardage totals, his yeah. pass his passer rating. Okay. Let's start with a win over Tampa Bay back in October. He had a 109.8 passer rating, going 21 of 33. That was a dink and dunk game for Ryan Tannehill against the against the Chiefs when they beat them in November. 133.9. He went 13 of 19. And he and by the way, three touchdowns against Tampa Bay, two touchdowns against Kansas City. And that's something to note as well. In the win over the Colts. He had a 131.2 passer rating, only 182 yards, but two touchdown passes. In the win over the Texans in Week 17, 198 passing yards on 20 attempts, two touchdowns. He had a touchdown pass, and he had a 130.8 rating. New England was the exception, only 15 attempts, a 61.0 rating, one touchdown, one pick. He The interception is what altered it there. But then you go to the next week. Baltimore, 7 of 14 for 88 yards, two touchdowns, a 109.5 rating. So what this shows you is this, that when Ryan Tannehill is within shouting distance of the goal line, even if they're not leaning on him, he's money. And this is why you look at this offense and say, Unlike a lot of offenses where you, where the running back complements the quarterback, the quarterback complements the running back. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's how often? Very old school. How often are you saying, "Mace, let's have the quarterback beat us in this game"? You, you would never say that when <laughs> talking sure. about the Kansas City Chiefs. Never. I mean, if Clyde Edwards Hilaire beats the Broncos this year and you shut down Patrick Mahomes, you hold him to under 200 yards. Well, good job, Clyde. You, you're not saying anywhere close to that. But with this Tennessee Titans team, you are you are saying Derrick Henry, you have to stop him. And Mace, not only was Derrick Henry going for over 100 yards in those games last year, in those seven wins, he yeah. was averaging 170 rushing yards. Yeah. Just think about that. For seven games, he averaged 170 rushing yards. So he is just blowing defenses away. Now, of course, the Broncos did hold him to 28 yards. But like I said earlier, erase that right. game out of your memory. And in the in the two losses that the Titans had, he was held he was held way under 100 yards. 77 right. and a half rushing yards for Derrick Henry in those two games. He combined for 155 yards in those two losses. That's less than what he averaged in the win. So, it should be pretty clear that if the Broncos are going to win or lose this game, if Derrick Henry's going off, the Broncos aren't going to win in my opinion. If, if Derrick Henry is, is stuffed, you don't even have to stuff him for 28 yards. Just hold him below 100. Then you're going to win because Ryan Tannehill is going to be forced to win this game. And it does hurt not having Vaughn to put that pressure on. But it's just as simple as that. And Mace, can the Broncos do it? Absolutely, the, the Broncos can do it. But it's not as easy as I think some people think. When you look back... Uh, to last year's defense. But we'll just look after the bye. So the final, what is that, seven games of the season. Yeah. The Broncos held opponents under 100 rushing yards four games, including holding the Vikings to 37 rushing yards. But they also gave up three games of over 100 yards and one game of over 200 yards. So this defense in the final half of the season was very hit or miss in terms of if they were going to be great against the run or if they were going to significantly struggle.
1: Yeah, of course, it was hit or miss early in the season because you remember Leonard Fournette running all over this team in week <laughs> yeah. four last year. And oh, by the way, you're going to see Leonard Fournette in two and a half weeks when the Bucs come in. There are a lot of things about that have happened with the Bucs and how they've developed. that are not good news for the Broncos no. when they come in. But we will deal with that in week three. Right now, Derrick Henry is the challenge. There is one thing that is in the Broncos' favor here. And it is, when you think of Derrick Henry, the the typical big Derrick Henry game, when do you think of it happening? Late in the season. Bingo! Because Because that cluster of games that you're talking about, that happened down the stretch. And in fact, last year, Zach, including the playoffs, Derrick Henry averaged over five yards a carry eight times. And all but one of them came at from November onward, starting with that Chiefs game on November 10th of last year. Real so Derrick Henry is the prototypical runner who, as defenses wear down over the course of the of the year, he gets stronger. So you do catch a break seeing Derrick Henry early rather rather than late. Because the other thing, Zach, is that when Derrick Henry averages north of five yards per carry last year, the Titans went seven and one. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the only exception was when Marcus Mariota was at quarterback. The one time that he the one time that he did go over five yards per attempt early in the season last year with Mariota at quarterback, they lost to the Colts in week two. So (laughs) that was an exception. So. It's yeah. late season, but then the other thing you have to consider is that when Derrick Henry goes over five yards of carry with Ryan Tannehill as a compliment, he they're unbeaten. So you, you've got to be cons- you've got to be concerned about that. No question. This is it's a dangerous game and. You know, I think there's a temptation to look at the Titans and say, hey, this team is nine and seven forever. They've gone nine and seven four straight years, (laughs) which puts them in a very small cluster of teams that have four consecutive winning seasons and they're all nine and seven. But I do believe that in terms of what the Titans can expect this year, that what we saw in the postseason, And what we saw in the second half of the year with Tannehill is more indicative of what they can be than the team that came in to Denver early in the year. So I don't think they go nine and seven this year, Zach. I actually have them going 11 and five. And that's, and that's why that's part of why this is going to be a tough matchup. This is going to be one of the better teams. The Broncos face in a demanding schedule, but they're going to have, if they're going to be a playoff team, they're going to have to win at least a handful of these games against the Titans, Steelers, Bucks, Chiefs twice, the Falcons could go either way. The Saints in in late November, the Bills. The Broncos be a playoff team, probably have to come close to running the table in the rest of the games and pick off two of those games right there. Monday it would be good Monday night to get that one in your back pocket and kind of like a squirrel with an acorn, put it away in the tree so you you've got it for when you need it in winter, when you you hope that you've accumulated enough wins to stay alive until the offense really figures things out.
0: Exactly. And Mace, I was thinking about the Titans the past 24 (laughs) hours and just thought that there's such a (laughs) 9-7 and team, but this (laughs) team shouldn't be viewed as that because I totally Uh agree with you. I think they get double-digit wins this year. And Mace, I want to get your pick of the game tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. But I do want to get a pick from you right now on tonight's game. This is going to be my DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week right now. Of course, you got the Chiefs hosting the Houston Texans with fans in the stands. Chiefs as the Super Bowl champs are nine and a half point favorites. My DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week is the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. They're gonna win by 10 or more points. I don't think this is a game that they come out slow. I think this is a game. I guess even if they come out slow, that they are going to want to put it on. They're going to want to put a show on. And uh while Deshaun Watson is very very good, earn the contract that he's got, Mace, I just they've had some turnover on the offense. I just think the Chiefs take it to them tonight.
1: Yeah, I think they do as well, but I'm going to go for one of the prop bets here. And I'm going to I'm going to look at two plus touchdowns in this game. And give me in his first game as a chief Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to score twice. Ooh, I now, love it. You remember Damian Williams last year when these teams met in the divisional round scored three times. Yeah. So the Chiefs when they get within earshot of the goal line, they're going to they're going to try to pound it in. The Texans actually had some success at times in containing the Chiefs receivers but it was tight ends and running backs that were causing problems especially in the red zone so if that if that follows through again tonight Give me Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And also, he's at 12-5 to 5 to score two-plus touchdowns. Also, think about Travis Kelsey, who had multiple touchdowns in that game back in January. Although I think the Texans will probably gear their defense to contain Kelsey a little more. Edwards-Hilaire brings a more dynamic threat in terms of speed and quickness than Damian Williams brought. So I think he could be a problem tonight for Houston as they try to keep up with those sprinters from Kansas city that are going to try to, they're going to try to fly by the Texans in week one.
0: Mace I, I'm taking the nine and a half points with the chiefs for, for my DraftKings sports book pick of the week, I'm going to go with 34 to 24 as the, as the score night. maybe 34, 20. Oh. Yeah. 24.
1: Yeah. I don't think we're going to see this game be in, in the fifties. It's not going to be 51 31. And I also don't think that the, Texans are going to spot are going to are going to uh, allow the Chiefs to spot them a twenty four nothing lead early in the second quarter. This is one where I think the Chiefs kind of come out and and take a lead and and maybe leave the te- the Texans playing constant catch up. I'm going to go a little higher than you on the score. I'm going to say about I'm going to say 38-28, but it may not be as close as the score would indicate. Yeah. I figure that the tech that the, the Texans are going to be behind two scores early and the chiefs are just going to keep them at arm's length the rest of the way. And you get a late touchdown pass from Deshaun Watson that creates the final margin of 10 points.
0: Yeah. Well, Mace, I hope we're both wrong. I hope the Texans pull up the upset for, uh, for the Broncos out there. Uh, and, but if not, if we're right, you guys will cash <laughs> in at DraftKings Sportsbook. sports. Mace, you got anything else before you jump into the comment section?
1: Uh, no, I I pretty much gave you you my my picks on that because I went into went into, into the uh, prop bets and hey, that's going to be one of the fun things this year is the fact that in Colorado you can legally make those sorts of wagers and our friends at DraftKings.com will be happy to take care take care of you and uh, give you a little more hopefully a little more enjoyment and a little more cash for your Sunday.
0: I think you found a great prop bet. All right, thank you guys so much for joining us on the live pod, Mace, Let's hop into the comment section. And just like that, the magic of podcasting. We are into the comment section. But before we go any further, got to tell you guys about WGT Golf. WGT Golf is my favorite game and has been for the past decade. I absolutely love it. Started playing it on my iPad. Now I play it on my phone. And I want you to play with us. So how do you do that? Well, go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT. Go in there to download it. Let's WGT know that you want to play with us. So we ask that you go to dnvrgolf.com. Download the free WGT Golf app and then join our clubhouse to get in with all the perks that we have going there. So, go to the clubhouse section, search for DNVR and the number three to join our third clubhouse. Don't worry, that gets you access to everything else that the DNVR2 clubhouse and the original DNVR clubhouse get you. We just have 750 people here, so we had to open up multiple clubhouses. And we want you to play with all of those people. We got a weekend tournament coming up this weekend as we do every single weekend. So go in there right now, join. And I love the game so much because it's so realistic and you get to play real courses and you get to play real people and you get to play people in this awesome community. So go to dnvrgolf.com, download the free WGT golf app and get in on the action this weekend.
1: Download that app. And you know what, if you are, just going to have a great day at home. Uh, maybe you have to quarantine or maybe you just want to hang out. And Obviously we can't go to any football games or anything like that this weekend around here in Colorado. Then have your WGT on your app and have a Breckenridge Brew in your hand. Of course, Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. You can have any of their array of brews. You can have the Avalanche Avalanche Amber, my personal favorite, Strawberry Sky. I just look forward to having a moment this weekend, actually, kind of a zen-like moment where I'm sitting out on the patio, enjoying the warm air that is going to return after the winter blast, watching the the sun drop over the mountains, having a Strawberry Sky. Sounds like a lovely day, doesn't it? It does. Don't forget, there's something new from Breckenridge Brewery right here in Colorado, and it is Broncos Country Beer. Of course, it's filled, it's filled with hops. It's got a lot of bite to it. And you know what? You can go to the store and get some, of course. It's at plenty of, of outlets in Colorado along the front range. But you can also get it delivered by one of the amigos. That's right, Mark Jackson here in Colorado. He will deliver two. Three 15 packs of Broncos Country beer from Breckenridge Brew to seven lucky winners. And here's how you enter to try to become one of those winners go to breckbrewcom Broncos Country, fill out the form, submit it, that's it. And then you're in the mix. Breckenridge Brewery will pick seven lucky winners. And if you're one of them, Mark Jackson will be an amigo at your front door with two 15 canned packs. Broncos country beer and it will arrive in time before Monday night football before the Broncos take on the Tennessee Titans. No purchase necessary must be 21 or older to enter. So get to breckbrewcom slash Broncos country, fill it out and you could have Mark Jackson bringing Broncos country beer right to your door. And Hey, you know what? We all love having wonderful visitors to our house. What could be better than having Mark Jackson pop in? One of the great <laughs> it's, number it's 80s good. in Broncos in Broncos history. So go to Breckbrew.com slash Broncos Country. Fill out the form, submit, and you could have, and you could win a chance to meet Mark Jackson and have him bring some beer to you.
0: And speaking of awesome people, Mace, let's talk to the awesome people of our community. And just a reminder, if you want to leave a comment, go to dnbr.com go to the podcast section at the top. Click on Broncos, then click on the very first podcast that's up there. That'll be the most recent podcast that we posted. Scroll to the bottom and a comment section will appear. That's where you leave your comments. And of course, those comments will be read on the following day's podcast. So make sure to do that to get your questions answered. First one coming in from Tommy Bronco. Guys, this is beyond amazing news. I got a call this afternoon from my mom telling me that the doctors decided that we will no longer need to do a major heart surgery on my mom only a small procedure is needed whether it's mace zach rk or dnvr subscribers who sent thoughts and prayers it is so appreciated they were obviously heard thank you again dnvr family i go into work tonight with a mind at ease man that is so great to hear so so happy thank you so much for letting us know that fantastic
1: news that's wonderful news i think we're all at ease hearing that and uh thanks for uh for keeping us posted and uh, continue letting us know how your mom is doing. Tommy Bronco really, really appreciate you uh, sharing, sharing that news with us. And uh, hopefully the news continues to be good for you and for her. Absolutely. One question. Everyone is
0: worried with Vaughn out. So am I, but I feel a unity in this team. Do you think they can still rally without their future hall of famer? I believe in my heart. They can. Thanks again, Tommy Bronco.
1: Well, I guess there's one good thing about an injury. There's not really anything good, but you have it early and you have a chance to adapt. So I think they can figure things out. Can they rally? Absolutely. They can rally. And uh, we've seen it time and time again. Now, obviously a key to it is going to be just how good the guy or guys filling in for him are. If Malik Reed, can take the next steps and become at least a solid starter on the edge. And if Bradley Chubb can be eased back into full health, and then you have Jerry Itachi rotating in, then you have something you can work with. And then at least you're not caught short. You're not maybe as spectacular as you want to be, but you should be all right on the edge and partner that with a better than average interior pass rush that you're expecting to have. And then you can do some good things. I I think about, you know, in terms of rallying around a player being out, there's that famous quote from Dick Vermeil back in nineteen ninety nine when he coached the Rams, and Trent Green went down in the preseason, and the team was frustrated, angry. I remember there's a shot of Isaac Bruce just like pounding the turf in anguish when he saw Trent Green on the field, and a couple of days later, Dick Vermeil has the press conference where he says, "We will rally around Kurt Warner, we will play good football, of course. They rallied around Kurt Warner, but it turned out that Kurt was, with all respect to Trent Green, just simply better (laughs) and had a Hall of Fame career. So being able to rally around a guy and being able to replicate that, it's two different things. I think they they will rally around Vaughn Miller, but also what they do. It depends on just how good Malik Reid is going to be filling in. Yeah, Mace, the the Broncos aren't dead
0: in the water. I mean, they're zero and zero right now. The season is not absolutely in the trash right now, but it's going to be hard to replace a future Hall of Famer, like you say, uh, especially with an undrafted guy uh, and and a journeyman guy in Jerry Itachu. So it is going to take the team, just like Vic Fangio said, it's going to take everyone stepping up, including the offense. They're, They're the ones that I really look at. And also Vic Fangio to make sure that it's not just having Malik Reed fill in and then all the pressure's on him. So it's it's going to take the entire team, but but no, this the season's not done before it starts.
1: Yeah, some of it's going to be schematic, some of it is going to be the player stepping up, and some of it is going to be others stepping up. And again, that's why Bradley Chubb's gonna have to play a big part in this, and you cannot do anything to jeopardize him long term just to have him ready for week one. Because you know what? Von Miller. You could be without him all year. So you do kind of have to think think November and December with Bradley Chubb and making sure that he's good to go. Holy Atwater. The downside of losing Vaughn and Todd are huge. I would say a near tragedy. However, tragedy has one bright spot. It is the perfect setting for heroes to be born. I'd love for a mystery man to step up even more and push this team, get a fat extension, and be one of those new leaders. Who do you see? Who could you see asserting themselves? Fangio seems like the, the type of coach who wants guys to take what they want. I hope the best for Vaughn. Thanks for the coverage guys. Hashtag my, or asterisk, my dark horse are Malik Reed and Josie Jewell. Aloha. Yeah. that it is sort of a superhero type thing, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, of course those dark horses are just
0: the two guys that are going to yeah. be filling in for him between those two. I think you got to say the guy that has the higher upside, at least that I would say that has a higher upside, is Malik Reed, Just because we, we do kind of know what Josie Jewell is. And he's a, he's a solid backup. Maybe he can be a solid starter. But I don't expect Josie to break out in like an Alexander Johnson style.
1: Yeah, and the thing with Josie is that just he, he is – who he is now, hopefully he can be a bit better in coverage, but it's, it's not his strength. Malik Reed. There's a lot of upside there. There's a lot of untapped potential. And I think the other thing with Malik Reed is that he looked much better in training camp than he did last year at times when he was starting Zach middle of last season. I hate to say that he was lost, but he, he looked like he was trying to swim in the deep end and wasn't ready for it. Now he looks ready for a bigger role. And that's, that's, that's what you expect. You hope players take, make that growth and make that jump from year one to year two. It's a big opportunity for Malik Reed. Hopefully he does something with it.
0: I totally agree. Next one from Sasha Sangahari. My boys, at the time of writing this, Derek Tuska is still on the practice squad. Do you think he will be elevated to the 53-man roster now? No. <laughs> yeah. Um I I agree with you Mace and yeah. some uh some outside linebacker news the Broncos are bringing in Isaiah Irving according to Benjamin, Benjamin Albright uh and the ex- expectation is that he'll sign to the practice squad on Saturday. So this is he's an undrafted guy in 2017. Isaiah spent time with the Bears in 2017, 2018 and 2019, but of course those first two years were under Vic Fangio. So this is a familiarity thing. You're, this isn't a guy that's going to absolutely change the world for the Broncos. Um, so j- just yeah. a, a small move there.
1: Yeah, and actually now seeing that Irving's going to be on the practice squad, could see Der- I'm going to kind of change that. I could see Derek Tuska being on the 53 for one week. Remember, uh-huh. he's one of the protected players. So the Broncos can bring him up and send him back down. If Isaiah uh-huh. Irving is not ready, then – tusca is active doesn't mean he plays it means he's just there kind of just in case because as as Vicengio pointed out during the preseason tuska has got to get bigger and stronger he's not ready for an extensive role just yet so so let, yeah i'm i'm kind of backtracking here but seeing that irving is gonna be on the practice squad and all likelihood according to benjamin albright then i'd say tusca probably ends up being up maybe the dingo ate your baby Edward Forty Hands. If this is an arcane left pod, it's an Edward Forty Hands reference and one of my favorite Ryan inventions. E40H. Wait, hey, wait,
0: wait! Really, really quick. That is not a Ryan invention. Edward Forty Hands has yeah. been around forever.
1: Yeah. Okay. I I'd, I'd never heard of it before him, but all right. I'm I'm kind of out of it on these things. I have previously said that nobody in the NFL is planning a game away from Justin Simmons. They still do it for 58. The Vaughn news, maybe want to call my physician for medication, but talk us down from the ledge. What are the odds of Malik Reed bursting onto the NFL stage or even Chubb being ready after mi- being missing for the last two weeks?
0: Well, what does what busting onto the scene mean for Malik Reed? I think Malik Reed can have the same number of sacks that Vaughn Miller had last year. And, of course, that was a very disappointing season for Vaughn. But I think Malik Reed can have eight sacks, and in my opinion – that would be bursting onto the scene. So he can do that. And then how do you make up for the other four to six sacks? Well, you brought in Jarrell Casey. He historically has been way better than what the Broncos have had getting after the pass rusher in the middle. And then the other couple sacks uh, could be Draymond Jones, uh, could be Shelby Harris, could be Bradley Chubb. Obviously, he had one sack last season. So um, last year, the Broncos lost Bradley Chubb. In the first four games of the season when you had Bradley Chubb, you average one and a quarter sacks per game without Bradley Chubb. The rest of the season, the Broncos nearly averaged three sacks per game. And that's, that's the message that Vic Fangio preached yesterday was the team rallied when Bradley Chubb was out last year and actually played better without him than with him. Vic Fangio hopes a similar thing happens with Vaughn. I think that so much of that rests with Bradley Chubb's health.
1: Yeah. And You'd like Chubb to be effective. And if anyone's going to have double-digit sacks on this season, it's, it, it's Bradley Chubb. But he's probably going to have to get them in a little bit of a hurry. If Chubb if you t- if you Chubb has to take his time longer than you expect, let's say that this kind of easing him back into work extends into October. Well, that could be good for having him available down the stretch. It also means that, Zach, for a second consecutive season, we might be facing a scenario in which the Broncos – don't have a guy with double-digit sacks. And, of course, that was the case last year because Vaughn only had eight. Usually not having a player with double-digit sacks, at least in the last dozen-plus years or so, it hasn't resulted in good things. Uh, 2019, 2010, 2008 are the only years since 07 in which the Broncos did not have at least one player get to 10 sacks remember the year that von miller was doing with injuries and suspension sean phillips still got to 10 sacks that year so it, yeah. uh, if 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 you have to bring back bradley cup chubb slowly it might be what we say in baseball when uh, when you've got a bullpen day kind of it's johnny holstaff who's going to be starting and pitching this game it, this might it might be the case where you look at the end of the season and see the broncos sack leaders and it maybe it's Chubb with nine if he eventually gets healthy. Reed with seven. Atakshu six. Casey six. Right. Draymond Jones five. It, this it could be a cast of many that provides the pass rush here for the Broncos.
0: Yeah, Mace, I, I totally agree. That would be that would be tough if the Broncos don't have a guy uh, getting the double digits with how much money they're paying for pass rush. Uh, oh yeah. And, and something else that's tough Mace is WGT golf because WGT golf is so realistic. And that's what I love about it, but it's just the right amount of tough where it, it doesn't make you not want to play. You want to keep coming back because you're so close to breaking under par uh, and, and getting those birdies. And I want you guys to play with me and play with our awesome community. Uh, that we have going on with the DNVR family over at WGT Golf. So, join our clubhouse, the DNVR 3 Clubhouse, get you access to all of our tournaments that we have. And you can see what other players are in there and you can play them throughout the week as well. So, go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf. Like I said earlier, it's free to download, free to play, and an awesome, awesome game. I love playing Pebble Beach and St. Andrews, such different courses. But, man, it's like, you're, it's like you're overseas. It's like you're in California. I absolutely love it. I'm not a big golfer outside of WGT golf, and I still love WGT golf for everything that, that it brings, and I love playing with people in our community. So make sure to go to d- dnvrgolf.com and download WGT golf.
1: If you want to take a bite out of golf, use WGT to do it. If you want to take a bite out of food, you want to make sure your teeth are in great shape. And that's where Green Mountain Dental Group comes in. They're in Lakewood, the best damn family-owned dentist in the Denver metro area. And they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you're going to get a free Sonicare toothbrush. And trust me, this is something that you want if you don't have. Because the Sonicare toothbrush, the the way it works is it beeps every 30 seconds while you're brushing your teeth to kind of tell you, okay. You've done this the one quadrant of your mouth, move to another quadrant of your mouth. And it and it regulates good brushing habits. You're supposed to brush your teeth for two minutes when you do it. The Sonicare toothbrush is designed to, to remind you of that. So it promotes good dental habits, good dental care. Green Mountain Dental will help you there as well. You know, they'll they'll take care of you. They'll make sure that your teeth are in the best condition possible. They'll even give you a birthday cards. They'll treat you like a member of the family because You are a member of their family, and they want you to have the best teeth possible because as they know and as they'll tell you, the first step to good health is by taking care of your mouth. They're 15 minutes from downtown Denver, so wherever you are in the Denver metro area, Green Mountain Dental Group will take care of you. Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, the best damn family-owned dentist in the Denver area. And hey, they're a longtime partner of DMVR, so show them a little love because they show us a lot of love too.
0: Love it, Mace. Next one coming in from Brighton Stahl. It says, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but could there be a silver lining in the terrible Vaughn news? You talked about how the Broncos could seek a restructure with Vaughn next year before the injury. Does this injury make it more likely that they agree on a restructure team-friendly deal, even if it's only for one year, as Mace has suggested? If the offense progresses this year and Vaughn's rehab goes well, the Broncos could be poised to have Vaughn at a discount next year when they could be real contenders.
1: You know what? I'm glad you mentioned the offense there because you have to consider that as part of whether Vaughn comes back. And not that we want to put more on the young shoulders of Drew Locke, but we're about to. If Drew Locke does well, shows that he can be the guy. I think Vaughn Miller says, hey, I can cast my lot with this kid. We can make it work. We can get back to a championship level with Drew Locke. So if Drew Locke plays well, I think it does make it more likely that Von Miller comes back, that he's going to take a restructure and maybe even have a restructure that's a multi-year deal rather than kind of that one year deal that I alluded to in my piece on the DMVR.com. I still think one year is more likely because Vaughn is a bet on himself type of guy and the possibility of either getting a bigger deal from the Broncos after showing that he's healthy and hale and hearty and ready to go. I think that's going to be on his mind, but yeah, Drew Locke and the offense and what they do, it's going to have some impact on whether Von, on what Von Miller wants to do in 2022. Because the other thing to consider is this, Zach, and I hate to go here, but let's say Drew Locke struggles and the Uh-oh. team struggles. And John Elway says, all right, I got to get a new quarterback. I got to uh, make sure this is fixed. Then you know what? Von, Von Miller is – par- probably isn't coming back at all because you're going to need that money.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So for the long-term, especially Vaughn being on the team in 2021, I do think this helps because uh, the Broncos will, will have a real case to, to, to have Vaughn restructure and take a team friendly deal. So for the long-term I think that's a really good point that you bring up next one coming in from low country Bronco. Hey fellas, I gotta say when Locke was asked about his status on PFFs quarterback ranking list, he couldn't have responded any better. I'm so proud of our quarterback. I think we all agree Drew's, Drew's play is promising, to say the least. But he shows such class in those moments; it just gives me great confidence that he is the real deal. LCB.
1: Yeah, uh, you know what? I think we he may he may not make note of these comments, and um, I believe Drew Locke's comment was something along the lines of "I wouldn't have known about it unless you unless you brought it up," and he chuckled.
0: yeah 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 he he handles himself well that's for sure
1: somebody's going to keep that and uh if drew lock becomes a great quarterback i hope there's a moment where drew lock has a chance to talk to sam munson and the pff guys and say what the hell man
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you you know Uh, that that we'll remember that. Yes, we will. (laughs) Bobby Lang says, last year the Broncos season opener was on local TV in addition to ESPN. Do you know if this will be the case again this year? If not, I will have to go to the DNVR bar. Will there be a watch party sign up posted soon? Love to see y'all either way. I'm sure there will be a uh, sign up for a watch party in the next couple of days, so stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah, now that being said, all games like that that are on ESPN they are going to be on local television so i don't know off the top of the of my head who it's weird i know that channel 7 is carrying the jets game on thursday night football in a few weeks but off the top of my head i don't know which station i'm going to i'm going to guess channel 20 but don't quote me on that but all games that are on cable carriers only ESPN and NFL network in that local market. They are always picked up by a local TV station. So yeah, you'll be able to see it over the air, but if you know, we'd love to have you at the DMVR bar as well.
0: Absolutely. Next one from Shweed guys. It's been too long. I doubt you guys even remember me. I've been on a mission from the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You know, the guys in white shirts and ties that you hide from when they knock on your door, LOL. I had to unsubscribe for a couple of years, but that I resubscribed the day I got back. And to my amazement, the podcast got even better with Mace. I didn't even think that could be possible seeing that you guys are the top tier in my opinion on covering the Broncos. Thank you so much. That that means so much. My couple questions are one, Mace, why did you decide to join the already star studded coverage of the Broncos with the podcast formerly known as BSN? It's like KD joining Golden State. And two, why did it turn from BSN to
1: DNVR? Okay, number one, just wanted to kind of change things up. I felt like uh, there are restrictions in what you can do when you work for a team, and there's only so much you can say. And I really, I kind of felt. Uh, constrained a little bit working for the team as a result of that I wasn't able to call it as I saw it as often as I would like and I think yeah I'd, I'd done six seasons with the team in this most recent stint from 2013 through 2018 and I had a six season stint back in the 2000s as well it was just time it was it was time to move on do something different and uh this opportunity came up with dmvr they're looking to kind of expand their footprint and grow and uh i I like being i like being on board i mean we're doing some great things here and i think even greater things are to come in in the future and so it's it's been wonderful absolutely no regrets i've been thrilled to be able to keep covering the broncos and be able to do so with a uh, a little more uh, distant and a little, a little more distant eye, as far as not being inside the building, but also uh, a little more honest of an eye. So I, I appreciate you, uh, you having the kind words about me joining up, though. And number two, why it turned from BSN to DNVR, Zach? Do you want to take that? Well, a rebrand. We
0: really wanted to encompass Denver. So DNVR, it's also like a call sign for a radio station. And really, really just wanted to embody what we're all about. And that is being the sports community in Denver.
1: Yeah, the call sign, that's a great way of putting it. Because yesterday I did a radio hit for 610 in Kansas City to talk about Von Miller and what that meant for the Broncos with him being injured. And I said, yeah, it's just like TV call letters, DNVR.
0: Yep. (laughs) exactly. He goes on and says, thank you guys for continuing to put out top tier coverage, even after two years of not being able to partake in it. I'm so grateful you guys are continuing to raise the bar when it comes to coverage of the greatest franchise ever. Go Broncos. Well, welcome back, Sweet. We're so happy that you're rolling with
1: us again. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Can't wait to see what else you share in the comments. Bangkok Bronco. Hi, gents. I'm not sure it was ever confirmed, but we were all pretty confident the Broncos would be heading to the UK to play the Falcons this season before things hit the fan. Do you think it's likely that the Broncos will still make their way over there when international games return in the future? I'm worried we will lose the chance to see our Broncos on the other side of the pond, given that it was a Falcons home game, and we won't have that fixture again for another four years. Thanks, BB out. And yeah, you won't actually have Broncos at Falcons for another eight years because the game in 2024 would be in Denver. Now here's what changes in 2021. There will be a 17th regular season game in all likelihood. The the league has that option through the new collective bargaining agreement that was agreed upon back in March. And there are, are a lot of ideas as for how that 17th game is going to be distributed and you know, whether it's home, whether it's away, but I would expect that that 17th game brings open the possibility of more of more international play. And it may not be a matchup that is on the schedule rotation. It may be something else thrown in there. But I do think that you will see the Broncos in London sooner rather than later once we get on the other side of this pandemic, cross your fingers, cross your toes, cross every appendix that you have and, uh, and, and we'll be able to get over there for the first time since 2010. It's a very high priority for the Broncos organization and there was a lot of disappointment in that building when they learned that the London game with the Falcons this year was off.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, one thing that's also not going to change is Joe Ellis pounding the table, begging the NFL to put the Broncos over in London. That's going to continue. So uh, I don't believe that you're going to be waiting years and years and years. If the schedule doesn't pan out for next year, I really can almost guarantee it's going to happen in the mm-hmm. next two years, if not next year.
1: And when it happens, trust me, at DNVR, we're going to do this right. oh absolutely it it was not just going to be a big week for the broncos it was going to be a big week for dnbr and for bronco and for broncos fans over there and uh we were beyond excited at at what we had in the works already because it takes a lot of playing to pull this off and trust me when i say that whenever the broncos get to london it's going to be maybe the biggest event that we've ever pulled off as a, as a company given the distance involved with it. So can't wait. can't wait to have this happen. And uh, it's going to be a blast. I promise.
0: Emma or Amarillo says scenario. The Broncos are nursing a three point lead with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. The opposing offense is facing a third and two from the Broncos 42 yard line. They hand the ball to the running back off tackle and the blocking steps up perfectly. This play looks like an easy first down, if not a house call. Suddenly, an out of position Von Miller flies out of nowhere and shoots the running back's legs right out from under him for a two yard loss. I feel like we've seen some variation of this scenario play out time and time again. Obviously, Von is a phenomenal pass rusher, but I'm concerned that his ability to make these huge momentum shifting plays against the run may be harder to replace than his pass rushing abilities. Am I right or am I crazy? Uh,
1: you're right. Von, and, and honestly, one of the reasons why I'm going with nine and seven for my prediction is Dev 10 and six. And I still think the Broncos sneak into the playoffs at nine and seven is because of these types of plays, whether they're in the pass rush or blowing up a run from the backside, something that he excels at. And that's an area where he has gotten better over the course of his career is in diagnosing runs and, and making plays, whether it's pursuing closing from the backside, like I mentioned, or just being able to shed somebody at the point of attack and make an athletic play.
0: And that's that's one thing I'm really worried about against yeah. going up against the Titans is right. not only Vaughn getting after uh, Ryan Tannehill, but more importantly for this game, specifically being able to hold your ground uh, against this Titans running offense. Now, you don't face too many teams that are built like the Titans, but not having Vaughn really hurts you in this one.
1: Yeah, maybe it'll be this one, maybe it'll be another, but there's going to be a game the Broncos lose we won't really know which one it is quite frankly, but right. there'll be a game that they lose because they don't have a huge play from Von Miller coming. And you know it may even be more than one game. I'm just going to say one, because even a great player, if they're not a quarterback can only have, but so much impact on a game that changes a win into a loss or a loss into a win. But yeah, that's 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 why I'm sitting at nine and seven with my, with my projection for the Broncos, Zach, because I think they're they're gonna miss they're gonna miss moments like this, and one of them's gonna cost them a game.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, and, and and as it should, Mace, he's your best yes. player uh, on your team, <laughs> and on defense, your highest paid player. If <laughs> if he's not costing you a game, then why is he on your team? So yeah, he yeah. will he will cost a a, a win or two. Uh, the other Ryan says, "My boys, happy opening night. We made it." Here's to a full season ahead with the pending signing of Isaiah uh, Irving to the practice squad. Do you think the Broncos will sign another outside linebacker to the active roster after Week One? Will Irving be called up to the active roster on Sunday or Monday to take Von Miller's spot? As always, I express my gratitude for the great coverage and for always entertaining my questions
1: and comments. DNV Army Salute. Well, I mean Isaiah Irving, of course. Um, he's somebody that you can. you you can bring him up if you want. Now, I think one thing that is uh, worth noting here is, uh, and this is moves that go beyond it. I know Benjamin Albright mentioned on Twitter as well, is that all these guys that some of the guys that you're talking about, they didn't bring in veterans, they're vested veterans. So if you pick them up now, you're on the hook for a full year. So whether you're talking about Irving or Derek Tuska, uh, you are looking at maybe some temporary solutions until you can sort of, until you can figure some things out beyond week one. So, Keep an eye on what happens over the next seven to 10 days at outside linebacker, even after getting Irving onto the practice squad at least and either moving Irving up or moving Derek Tusk up for week one. I think other moves are coming.
0: Yeah. And, and let's get the record straight about what type of player Isaiah Irving is Mace, They're bringing him in for the practice squad is a guy that has started zero career games uh, in the NFL and a guy that has one sack. So this, this is, is not depth. Von Miller's replacement exactly. This is yeah. depth. Uh, he's not being brought in to start for Von Miller Week One or for really at any time this season.
1: Correct. And part of it is a Atakshu. While he's good when he's out there, a Atakshu has an injury history. So you want to keep yourself covered a little bit. Exactly. Boy, you wish. You wish you hadn't cut Justin Hollins, huh?
0: <laughs> you certainly do. The
1: Broncos I mean, can go that... back
0: and change one thing. It'd be uh... that.
1: Uh, uh, uh. that is yeah that, that's hanging over them although he isn't a game changer the fact that there was interest in clay matthews shows that they're kicking the tires on veterans and so i would imagine there's going to be an inquiry to cameron wake an inquiry into a uh, Suggs as well yeah and uh but again i think they wait on that a week i i agree drew locka ends us out here says hey
0: gentlemen hopefully i get this in before the buzzer you did but we have our second freshman game tonight. Hopefully, we can remain unbeaten and push our record to 2-0. and So far, we have the only win across the program and would like to build on last week's performance. Hope everyone is doing well. So sad about Vaughn, but excited that NFL is finally back. Stay happy and healthy. You as well, Drew Laka, and good luck tonight.
1: Hey, every great high school program from a startup high school began with freshmen and JV teams balling out and providing a taste of the future, so... Hey, you get to 2-0, you have a good season. I'm gonna be watching what you what y'all do in a couple of years because it could be a new powerhouse on the on the rise in Nebraska high school football if you keep playing well.
0: <laughs> You're exactly right, exactly right. And guys, before we get out of here, I gotta tell you about Green Mountain Dental Group and Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentists in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. They've been a DNVR partner for so long. So make sure to support them because they've supported us and they also treat you like family. What's better than being treated like family, getting to talk Colorado sports while getting your teeth clean. I have one thing that's better than that. Getting a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. That's right. If you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. So make sure to check them out. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. That's Green Mountain Dental Group. Schedule that cleaning x-ray exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, Mace... That'll do it for us today. Man, I had an absolute blast on this podcast today. Thank you, Mace, so much for rolling with me today. And thank you all so much for rolling with us today. We'll be back tomorrow for our final season predictions, for our final Tennessee Titans prediction. RK will be joining us for this special day. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us today. But for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a terrific Thursday, and enjoy football tonight.